0: You're listening to Susan Says on OBBM Radio. Download the Offbeat Business app to get Offbeat Business Media TV, Podcast, Radio, DFW Event Calendar, and Membership Directory all in the palm of your hand. So what happens to a drug user, an abuser, or an addict once they're involved in additional criminal activity or simply busted for using or maybe even carrying drugs? See, I believe that solving our drug epidemic requires that we think differently about hiring ex-convicts. We're already doing it, local family business. You're trying over and over and getting shot in the heart. Now, I feel you. Local family businesses tend to take the challenge and the burden of hiring a family member or a friend of a family member uh, when someone with a crappy background needs a job. We want them on their feet. We wanna see the successes in their lives. Well, last week I had my AC worked on and uh, I was talking to my AC guy about the, the challenges that he was having uh, to get his son to work because he won't lay off the crack. He feels like employment failed because his son is back in the slammer for it, while many of you have also experienced the pain of your person returning to their drugs, or to violence, or to mental health issues, or additional criminal behaviors, but I think we've been approaching it wrong. We all know, and it's no secret, the stuff on the streets right now is much worse than the pot we grew up with. I think it's one reason we're so ready to legalize it already truly. <laughs> Wasn't it harmless? Yeah, except for one area. Over time, many would agree, it steals ambition. When I quit using it, took me over two years to shake the paranoia I had induced into my life. When I began to retain information and enjoy actually thinking again rather than simply pass time more pleasantly, yeah, I became very ambitious and experienced a level of happiness that I have to admit, uh, it was scary scary to begin to see all the ways issues could actually be solved with Jesus, money, influence, and elbow grease. <laughs> and I was a Jesus-believing pothead, too. It was good for that season of my life to pass. Well, like many others, I had my reasons, but I was letting them rule me while rendering me uninterested in actually responding to the pain I'd experienced with positive action. Well, the drug discussion has to get beyond legalizing pot and cannabis. You know, I'm not for legalization, by the way, personally. Decriminalization, yes, but legalization has a lot of bad characters in the wings that you do not want in your communities. Stuff you've never thought about. We have a very real, dangerous drug epidemic as we've never seen before. And from what I can see from volunteering in the prison system and actively working with healing minds on a regular basis... I think you'd agree that what we've done by incarcerating over drugs has made the condition much, much worse. Know this, institutionalizing a drug user is not making our communities safer. Where do you think they go? What do you think they learn on the inside? And how is that scenario healing in the least? These are broken minds, friends, broken spirits you want a more manipulative criminal who wants to prey on the community at large let's continue to throw them away and lock up up and just eliminate their chances for a future let's let's call that correction most of you know that we are in no way correcting anything but truly what they need is to be employed get on with their lives and with the right support realize their creativity and diligence is necessary and, and it's rewarding but for many they've come to believe They'll never be repaired, and they don't experience creativity unless they're using. It's a lie, but current addiction treatment leaves them thinking they'll never be whole, and they need additional meds and support just to function. What makes the employability factor terrible, and who tends to give these addicts a chance? Yeah, local family businesses, trades, employers who know that working with your hands is mentally healing and emotionally rewarding. What we've learned at OBBM is that uh, similar to music and task-oriented jobs for a person with autism or RISE syndrome, technology and production can give an addict a safe place to recover post-incarceration if they have served their time clean on the inside. And yeah, they can get drugs on the inside. That's why for us it's so important that we get referrals, people who truly want to begin at the beginning and mentor through each position in the company for at least 12 months. We turn them out to the community skilled, motivated, capable of working for the companies we serve here with the business media programming we produce. Here's what I'm proposing. I think the worst thing we ever did was to stop a drug user's employment options. I'm proposing we begin to fiercely fight drug use with employment, not incarceration or expensive rehabs that just reinforce brokenness. What we need to do is work together because this is just too big for us. See, people coming to us for employment right now are at various stages of employability. A lot of people aren't talking about that. They're not all ready for the same thing. But we don't know each other, and if those local family business owners who wish to employ from these communities met regularly and began to create a network, we could all learn from the successes and failures of each other's experience. For example, if a position exists that uh, your new hire is struggling to fill, wouldn't it be great to know, because you've plugged into the possibilities, other jobs that this person could obviously fill for the season of recovery they're in? Or possibly, this employer could discover how to modify the position to mine the real gold that this person is not showcasing. Any employee we bring on is only as good as the money this person earns for the company. I'm not proposing we throw all in and lose money. Instead, I think we'll do a better job of ending addiction's grip on our communities if we proactively realize what we're going to have to do to solve the issue for good. So here's what I'd know, write this down. Number one, you must have a clearly described job and tasks associated with that job written down and with expectations. And I don't know how well you know this person, uh, but you need to have this. You need to make sure it's a protection. This is what they, they need to see that protection. You need to have it. They need to have it. This is wise. They need to know how they can achieve their objectives, which might be very different from yours. It could be anything from an hourly task-oriented job that earns them a paycheck or maybe a a path to a career, right? Maybe they really want to learn that professional skill or maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe this job represents an opportunity for them to win back their families through some sobriety mentorship. you got to consider that when you bring somebody on board. Number three, encouragement and motivation, discipline and delegation, patience and forgiveness. It's all going to be core to working with the emotionally unstable, which often they are. And they're highly manipulative, often, by the way. Without relationships between business owners who know what to look out for, you're a sitting duck and you won't know how to react positively for course direction, or if it's time to say, yeah, I'm done here. We are often failing at felony hiring within our own companies. We need to know each other and create a learning environment and support structure that includes a network of other businesses of various sizes and occupations, because then we're going to get some vital insight. We're going to get opportunities to pass along a talent. It's possible that we recognize they're going to flourish better in another environment. Won't it be nice to know that? Number five, we need to see that we are either a placeholder for someone to get on their feet and then take that seriously. Maybe that's all they need, because investing in someone who does not have the same desire for company growth that you do is costly. That doesn't mean we can't fill a need in our company with a certain entry level position that we realize may only last 6 to 12 months. If we do that, recognizing the importance of setting it up that way, along with relationships we develop in our business network, we can then send them off with a blessing to another location where they can build on the foundation you started with. Now TWC, this is number six, they're going to help with training and new hires who need jobs. But most of us are hiring people we know, TWC wants that new hire hire to be guaranteed a position after their training. And while that's great, understand drugs are a different animal. Our biggest crisis in our communities is getting that tiger back in the cage. Employment is a big part of that, it's not the only part, but it's big. And number seven, you can lose your shirt, but we don't have to. Let's work together and pool our resources of time and experience. I invite you to join me at Camera Ready Studios in Farmer's Branch at 7 p.m. on April 24th. Let's get to know each other and have a discussion about how working together will have better success, both as profitable companies improved by the experience and as successful strategies To end addictions and drug-related incarcerations that are really only making our communities more unstable. Man, if it worked, it would have worked by now, friends. What we're doing is not working. It's time for a better approach. You've been listening to Susan Says on OBBM Radio for the OBBM Network. Find your favorite Susan Says episodes additionally on SoundCloud.